Welcome to the Deep Dive Report. I'm your host, Brian Smith. This is, what is this, guys? We are, well, we just had week four, going into week five. And I say guys, because I'm joined this week by DeWitt Fiala and Mike Karen. And uh, we've had a lot going on uh, this past week with COVID and everything. But before we talk about that, let me just quickly introduce uh, Mike Karen reporting out of Buffalo. Hey, Mike, how's it going? It's going crazy up here. Just trying to uh, uh, the the big news is is basically Tennessee not getting their shit together, and you know what's going on with the Bills game Sunday, and therefore they were also supposed to play Thursday, and apparently that's all moved around now. But uh, otherwise, it's just business as usual. Can we get a weather update first? You know, is it snowing yet? Or I mean, it's we, we got. <laughs> We got mid fifties right now, but it's going to be getting up to seventy two by Saturday. So whoa, it's, yeah, a heat wave, heat wave, global warming, folks. All right, and speaking of warm, right or warming, the uh, Wit Fiala reporting out of Tampa, Florida. DeWitt, how are you? And please, the weather update. Good. And please, yeah, please, a weather update real quick on well, sunny. Best Tampa. time of year. Best <laughs> time of year, Tampa. It's it's you know good good mid eighties without. Uh, you know, we're kind of getting over the rainy season right now. So it's been two days in a row without rain. That's a big deal. <laughs> and I apologize. Here in Miami, is, I think it was 88 degrees today. I don't know. It all feels the yeah. same living in Miami. Yeah, right? well, you, you know about <laughs> if you, if you live, Yeah, if you live someplace where it sucks in October, move. Because it's supposed <laughs> to be awesome everywhere. Oh, boy. So, so yeah, guys, we, we had a lot going on into week four from Cam Newton testing positive. Uh, we even got people testing positive leading up to week five. We had games moved all around. We had the Chiefs-Patriots game move to Monday. Um, I just had a lot of stuff going on. So I guess just outside of just COVID, just changing, you know, shuffling some games around, um, you know, we're actually doing this podcast late, so I don't want to be too much on the recap because I want to talk more about the preview. Um, but Mike, if you want to just start us off, just overall recap of week four in your mind. Well, I mean, even week four, just we had, now that we have a quarter of the season out of the way, and it's basically the end of the quote unquote preseason where, you know, people, hopefully injuries stop, they start dropping a little bit and guys are more conditioned now, but, um, you know, we have our typical problems with the NFC East or I can't say typical, but going back to last year where nobody's any good. Dallas is extremely disappointing. Philadelphia finally got on the board, but, I mean, that's that was a Nick Mullins thing. Um, you know, Giants, Washington, both garbage. I, I think through the first four weeks, we have a top five teams of, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, like you know, Green Bay, Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo, and pick or choose, like, Seattle and, and New England, perhaps that that might be it. So I was going to ask you real quick, what was the upset game of the week? But you know what? I'm just going to say what I think is the upset game of week four and see if you agree. And then I also want to hear what it has to say. But I want to call the upset game. And I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if we want to call it an upset. Um, I actually see two in mine now. Carolina over um, Arizona's. And also Philadelphia over San Fran. So I don't know what you think. I'm more leaning towards the Carolina over Arizona. Did not see that one coming, but uh, what would you say to that one? I mean, I don't know where we had Cleveland and Dallas. Ah, I was a good on one. the podcast last week saying that 
you know, no matter what, Dallas is going to disappoint, but they should have won. But again, if you want a quarterback that makes you just lose by less, there's Dak Prescott for you, 502 yards, and it doesn't really matter. Um, and yeah, Arizona, their teams are starting to figure out how to play Murray a little bit, just basically just forcing him to play in structure and kind of forcing him out. And so if, he, if he's going to escape, they, they're going to force him out in a certain area so they know how to attack him. And actually, it's something that teams are doing with Lamar, too, as well. I don't know if you've noticed that. But like, well, I, I noticed Washington kind of bottlenecking him. So if he's going to escape, it's going to be up the middle so they can kind of converge on him. But, um, you know, they, those, are, those are the games that kind of stuck out as, as far as offsets, I think. Well, I don't think anyone predicted Cleveland to score 49 points against Dallas. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was definitely a shocker there. Maybe not a shocker of Cleveland beating Dallas, but just throwing up 49 points was insane. But on your note on Lamar as far as containment, yeah, I've noticed that week one as far as – uh, teams are focusing more on Lamar not running to the outside. And, yeah, he had a 50-yard touchdown run. Actually, it was the longest run of his uh, career in the NFL against Washington. I think they were running a cover one. So, I mean, <laughs> they had literally no one no one as far as at safety, right? Um, you get by that first level. It's, yeah, it's yeah, totally. yeah, exactly. But, no, but I have noticed um, Lamar is not getting those typical runs like he used to. Um which is kind of good in a way, right, if, if you want him to develop more as a passer. Uh, but with that being said, uh, DeWitt, I want to call you out. Um, I don't know if Tampa over the over uh, the Los Angeles Chargers was an upset. I think Brady what, threw for 369 yards. But uh, anyway, what was your take on that game and overall any upsets or games you just thought were kind of out of the ordinary? Yeah, that – that, the, the Tampa Chargers game was crazy. That that was that was a wild ride um, from from beginning to end. But the Chargers are just one of those teams. Every once in a while, they pop up. They gave Mahomes hell a few weeks ago, and they might lose their next five. <laughs> you just you just never know with a team like the Chargers. But I'm I'm gonna agree with with Mike that the Cowboys Cleveland game's got to be the biggest upset. I mean, regardless of what you think about the Dallas Cowboys, uh, I don't think anyone saw them losing at home to Cleveland. Um, and 49 points you know, and, and, and giving up 49 <laughs> points. Right. Right. That's, that's just kind of, that's just kind of crazy. Um, I know, you know, Mike wants to put it on Dak, but Dak didn't surrender 49 points. Well, speaking of Dak, what if, let's be honest, had I told you guys last week, that's going, Dak's going to throw for 500 yards. There's no way in the world. None of you would have said, Oh yeah. Cowboys would have lost the game. Knowing Dak's throwing 500. But yards. that's what Dak does is they, they get it. They get behind big because he can't make plays when it really matters. And then he just piles up garbage yards. He's a, he's Matt Ryan. It's the same thing. I, I've seen it, you know, for Matt, for Matt Ryan, at least like a decade now. And it's a continuing thing from Dak Prescott. So why the Cowboys don't want to pay him. It, he's going to take what the defense gives you, but he's only going to take what the defense gives him. And they gave him a lot because they were up by a lot. It got close, but in the end, that's, that's what they do, and that's what they are. What about Buffalo? Um, I know you're on cruise control right now with, with Josh Allen and the season he's having, but any surprise from your end, Mike, uh, following Buffalo uh, with the game against the Las Vegas Raiders? Still trying to get used to saying that name, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I've, I've been I've I've been high on Allen from day one, or at least high on the potential. But what he's doing right now is both 
improbable, highly improbable, and probably not sustainable. Um, he is who he is. It's going to, there is going to be a regression to the mean. He has a lot of time to throw right now. There's a lot of cohesion and, and, and a lot of offenses are ahead of a lot of defenses right now, especially if you have that, that coaching and, and quarterback continuity, but um, they're playing extremely well. Defense is a little softer than we're used to, but I, I have a, I have a strange feeling that Sean McDermott's going to be able to figure that out. I, I don't believe he'll ever have a bad defense in his life. Yeah. I think they're just falling asleep with leads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Sometimes, sometimes that is. They're they're one of the worst third quarter teams over the last two years I've ever seen. They come out of halftime and just fall flat every time. Yeah, and they're like, hey, we got this. We don't have to play. Yeah, and they they, they said it. They they don't want. They they got into a habit the last couple of years of not like okay, they have enough of a lead, so they don't want Josh Allen to do anything dumb, and you know take a big third down sack or, or throw the ball forty yards behind him, and then the defense picks it up for an easy touchdown. But um. So now it's a little bit different. Now they have a little, few more points to play with, and yeah, I think I think they did go to sleep a little bit. Um, they're they're picking on the, the Levi Wallace more, and the linebackers have been hurt, so the middle of the field's kind of open on defense. Not to mention Star Lutule being out, so there's a, a lack of of girth on the on the front line. So they they do surrender some third down runs and things like that. But all altogether, I think they're going to be okay. I mean. They should be looking at five and zero oh, uh, whenever they get to play the Titans, considering all their issues, and then probably five and one once they play the Chiefs. So, well, well let me make a comment real quick before before we leave this game. As far as them, the Bills falling asleep, I know you kind of mentioned as far as some key injuries on the defensive side, but what about lack of a run game, right? I mean, normally if you have a lead, right, and you run the football, you eat clock. And if you see my screen here where I'm showing some of the stats, I mean, Singletary only only 56 yards. Um, so could lack of a run game be hurting the Bills outside of Josh Allen as far as holding leads? I don't, it's, it's not the lack of ability to run. I think kind of like when you see a young quarterback where they're calling plays a certain way because they're trying to hide them or you know they don't trust them in certain situations. I don't think that they trust Singletary's size to hold up a, a, with a heavy workload. Because though he's he's a successful runner on a routine basis, I don't think they trust him with the workload. So they don't want to overburden him, and they are right now a pass-first team. Uh, every metric possible, they're throwing the ball as much or more than anybody in the league. So, and and they have a quarterback that can do it. It's no longer a, really an issue as far as they have to establish that run. And Zach Moss has been out for a couple games now too with the the number two running back the rookie out of Utah. So having thin numbers there and TJ Yeldon's primarily a pass catcher that could explain a lot of the, the lack of running attempts. Yeah. Well, you guys gonna need someone to keep, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure if it's so much a lack of running. I mean, Singletary had 18 carries. That's, that's not what I would call a light workload, you know, at another five out of the backfield. Um, they rushed the ball 24 18 times. carries for a top running back when you have a lead pretty much wire to wire is is kind of a light workload though, right? I mean, it's 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 on the it's not pathetically light, but I mean, they had 24. I think the overriding point is 24 carries for 63 yards. That's that's an average of 2.6 as a team, right? So I, I think the overriding point here is you know basically Ryan saying, hey, maybe a, a part of this problem is a lack of effectiveness more so than, than attempts. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's sort of on a, a, a back burner thing. That's, that's not something they're trying to establish. It's just if you run a, if you maybe, run on first we'll run down, it. yeah, you run on first down and you get a yard and a half. You're not running it again. You're just not. I mean, you're throwing on second and nine. Well, they're not so doing, they're I, not running on first down, and they might run it maybe third and short or something like that. And just the, the situations where they actually mix it in, it's it's not consistent. So that's part of the issue then. So that, I think that's the issue right then and there. I mean, if they're not running it, you know, first down all the time, or if, or if they are running it and getting two yards at the width point, <laughs> then they're not running it again. But I think I think that's really probably the root cause. Is just the effectiveness, as to what said, as far as in the run game. I mean, the attempts are there. I guess you don't want him running the ball like Derrick Henry thirty times, but still, you got to at least eat some clock. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a concern there, though. I think it's just more or less a, a game plan, how the way the game is being presented to them, depending on the opponent. Um, I know a lot of like week one, you had Greg Williams stacking the box, so it was just you know forcing Josh Allen to beat a zone past defense and he did that and you know kind of going on from there you know facing Aaron Donald and things like that but yeah it, it's something that probably will need to be incorporated more as they go off yeah I, I'd be interested to see you know you know the fact they're undefeated just how many games you what the time of possession looks like yeah I agree um, um I mean just just a quick scan um, Las Vegas had three minutes more than Buffalo on Sunday. Um, the Rams an even wider margin of time of possession over Buffalo. So, um, there could be something to your point there, Ryan, where they just need to figure out how to possess the ball longer with leads in the second half. And, you know, that would cure some of their problems. Yeah. And speaking of running the football, um, I, real quick before we move on to New England and KC, cause I definitely want your opinion on that. To it, but just real quick, wrapping up Baltimore Washington because I watched that game, of course, being a Ravens fan, and um, that game kind of stirred up a lot of news uh, <laughs> this week, and not so much for my side being a Ravens fan, but as far as the Washington football team um, and Dwayne Haskins officially being benched for Week Five, which we'll get into the Week Five matchup for Washington, but um, just watching that game as far as the Ravens and Washington, you know, uh, it was just one of those I knew the Ravens would win. But it was just watching Lamar, watching the defense, just watching the players on the Ravens side and how they would excel. But, man, I couldn't help but just to notice as far as watching Dwayne Haskins and that offense. I mean, it was just screen after screen after screen, flat, short slant. The plus side for Washington was um, Gibson. Andre Gibson had a really good game. I think he – You know, I was just going to say, Ryan, you know what all this adds up to? I'm starting Gibson. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that was the one bright spot was was definitely Gibson. And McLaurin's McLaurin. I mean, Terry McLaurin is definitely going to be a solid receiver in this league, without a doubt. But Gibson um, stood out for me. But um, as we were talking about running backs, though, one thing that's interesting, and if you can see my screen, Lamar was the leading (laughs) – he he led with 53 yards, and that was off of one play. So there has been a little concern of, well, who's the prime running back uh, for the Ravens? I mean, you would think J.K. Dobbins going forward because he's the rookie. Um, Ingram's been getting, you know, solid yards here and there, but nothing special, no breakaway speed, right, which you wouldn't expect now from Ingram. 
Uh, but ironically, and I keep telling uh, Mike Karen this in our Forever. chat room, is Gus Edwards has been actually the most productive back this year. It's hard to believe, but if you look at the per the, the yards per carry, he's really been our best running back. So it's going to be quite interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want any running back you know, getting 30 carries like Derrick Henry. I think the longevity of this might make sense, but it's just kind of odd to me that we're known as a rushing team, but we really haven't been just dominating as far as with the Lamar so much or with uh, Ingram as far as with rushing. Didn't, didn't, Lamar, didn't Lamar score his first rushing touchdown of the year on Sunday? Yeah, it was a 50 yard run, which is funny. Like he led the, he yeah, led, that was, yeah. I mean, I mean, if there was, if there was an over under, like, like some sort of a prop bet that he would make it to week four without a single rushing touchdown, I'd be a millionaire if I placed a bet on that. Well, to, to Mike's point earlier, they are containing him. Like, uh, they do have people on the outside waiting for him to. And we talked. We talked about this all last year about that second year, a whole off season to to scheme and prepare, and then there's that regression, or you have to change, or they're going to change you, right? We we talked about it at nauseum last season, and you know that's kind of bearing fruit as teams have come up with ways to keep them in the pocket more often, and now it's going to be on Lamar to readjust. And I said, uh, or at least force. If he is going to run, where is he going to run, and where are we going to meet him? Yeah, I was going to break the long run. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it was one minute to say like me had to containing him, but then at any second when you see a one play fifty yard run that he just did against Washington, you're just like, oh well, can't really complain about him too much um, being contained from running. But I will at least say this, and there's there's Lamar critics right as far as just staying in a pocket, you know, making a throw. But I think also it's more than just Lamar making that outright the out route throw or the post corner. What I've been noticing, and I've talked to other fans about this, and we agree, there are times where Lamar has that five-yard route open to, let's say, Hollywood or whatever. But he's so focused on that big play. He's like, you know what? Instead of throwing it to Hollywood or, or Nick Boyle, Forget that. I want my 10 yards. And there's been little rumors or at least talk of him and Greg Roman not agreeing so much on play calls. He Lamar wants to go down the field more. Roman kind of wants to establish the run and then, you know, like the, the short passes here and there. But what I've been noticing with Lamar is he's at times he's been saying, forget the short pass. I'm just going to break out, you know, run a 10, 15 yarder or, you know, throw it deep. So I don't know what, you, what your guys' thoughts are on that. But I've been noticing that a lot this year. And that sounds familiar that the Greg Roman, this is what I do. And this is how I do it thing. That's, it's kind of scary. But um, <laughs> There was a lot of heat from the chiefs. Yeah. There was a lot of heat from the chiefs game um, that the Ravens were not throwing the football down the field enough, um, at least from like Lamar's perspective. But, you know, we could talk about that all day, but, um, but I get it, but that's only with Lamar. I mean, I hate to bring up Tom Brady's name or Drew Brees, but yes, you can't compare them as far as like, passing to Lamar in terms of accuracy, but I will at least say that Brady and Breeze are totally fine with the five-yard route. I mean, you know, Brady lived off that. Lamar is more of like, nah, I don't want that. That's, that's, I want the home run. And that's what I've been doing uh, more. The, that whole five to eight-yard <laughs> area in the middle of the field where there's a tight end or a running back standing there, because <laughs> Lamar is only going to see zone defenses, obviously. That's yeah. the benefit of having a, a mobile quarterback. They just sit in that zone and things get dangerous in there. Oh yeah, well that, that's what I'm seeing league wide. Is you have a lot of these offenses that are almost trying to circumvent their quarterback and you know just the dump offs and the short passes and what's happening is these defenses are just teeing off and just beating the shit out of whoever catches the ball 
So even if it's a reception, it's like oh, good luck doing that all day long because you're going to be hurt hurting tomorrow. And it starts when you so when you talked about Ryan when um, a lot of like Mark Andrews drops and things like that in the KC game. I'm going to attribute some of that to you know playing from behind. The defenses can back up a little bit and just tee off, and you start hearing footsteps. It's a lot harder to catch a ball like that. I think it's that, but I think it's also not getting the amount of like snaps where it's a passing down, right, or it's a passing play, right? Um, because it is to the point with the Ravens, it's like, hey, when we do pass you the football, you better make the catch because we don't pass too often. But, but like I said, my whole thing with Lamar right now is because I know you guys are probably thinking, well, he's scared to make, let's say, a pass in between two defenders. No, no, there's times like they will show like the QB cam and. There's a guy open, right? And Lamar sees him. It's not like he doesn't see. He sees him, and he's like, nah, I don't want that five-yard pass. I want to just run. And I just think he needs to learn more and more that he's going to have to, like, protect his – I mean, he, he does a great job not getting hit. But I think there's times where he just wants to hit that home run. Like, he wants that home – because he knows he has the ability to just run 50 yards. Like, he just did against the, uh, the Washington football team. So I just think he, as he matures, I think he'll learn, look, let me just try to win this small battle with his five-yard, you know – pass play and then call it a day move on but anyway but just that was just a call i didn't want to get too long with it on uh <laughs> the Baltimore the washington football team who for some odd reason actually they're not in first place they're in second place now that the eagles won um but let's just segue um for one last well, game this week but yeah continue yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just segue to one last game uh this week uh and that's really on dewitt because my call out dewitt on your new england patriots against kansas city chiefs uh, we all know about Cam uh, testing positive for COVID. And mm-hmm. so I get to a bar late on Monday night. So it was Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. I get to a bar late, eh, about in the, close to the end of second quarter. And I'm texting Mike, what in the hell is going on? I think it was, what was it, 6-3, to three, Mike, uh, Casey? Or was it 6-3 New England? It was 6-3 Casey, and New England was threatening. I think that might have been the first Hoyer red zone fuck up. I can't remember, but um, that's the first I, one. I mean, they, <laughs> New England just they dominated Kansas City. Now you can we can save my skepticism about New England and why they dominated for another time, but they absolutely did. And you know, people want to put it on Hoyer, which is fine because he's dog shit. But instead of I mean, yeah. Well, well, we can get us to them later. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't get any practice reps all week. Cam practiced all week and then got tested positive, and then they were basically banned from the facility. So now you're throwing Hoyer, and that's probably why Hoyer started, by the way, and Stidham out there with no reps. And that's I mean, well, Hoyer just ha- Hoyer happens all the time. We're we're used to seeing that <laughs> once twice a year. I think he's got. But, I, I mean, think he's got a career 500 record. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's there's a couple of years in there where he's feisty. He was like a Fitzpatrick sort of, yeah, yeah, know, upbeat dog shit, whatever. But is he better than Matt I, Castle? I, yes, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he ever um, made a Pro Bowl. <laughs> well, great. I mean, we uh, we're, we're watching a quarterback tonight who made a Pro Bowl two years ago. Who's sitting on the bench? But anyway, um, like I think Stidham would have started. He, had he had any practice time, I, uh, I, maybe I'm guessing. I'm gonna, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with that, considering he was inactive for the first three weeks. Was he hurt? Yeah, you know, he was, I, he was on like, the IR or something. Like he got hurt late in camp. Yeah, uh, he, he so was. He was. 
Yeah, he was straight inactive, so I don't think okay. – I, I think it, it has more to do with just not getting reps this week. He, he hasn't gotten reps in, in, in you know, six weeks. Okay, but okay, let's – okay, okay, but time out. Let's put that to the side real quick. It's not about the Patriots not scoring plenty of points in the first half because we already know they had Hoyer starting and it eventually stood him. I'm confused with the KC only having six points. Now, granted the whip, you can tell me that your Patriots have the best secondary in the league – but as I was texting Mike, is Casey not running the ball? I mean, I was just shocked at only six points that first half. So tell me, what what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, New England D stood on their freaking heads, <laughs> hoping the offense would catch up or something would happen. Um, you know, you alluded to the fact that their secondary is pretty well respected, and they have a coach who's also known as one of the best defensive game planners in the history of the league, and that was established before he ever put on a Patriots hoodie. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that they suppressed the chiefs to a degree, um, especially in the first half. Um, it just, it ran out of gas eventually because the offense couldn't move the ball despite the success they were having on the ground. Um, eventually in the NFL in 2020, you got to throw it. Um, even though they were averaging like a ridiculous amount of, you know, yards per carry, <clears throat> they weren't putting up the points. And you could see what what New England was doing. Just kind of they were they showed a, a five man front where you know Casey thought, okay, we're going to throw here. They dropped two of those guys back, and so now it's a three man rush. So Mahomes has all day, but he's looking at you know yeah. eight guys in the secondary. It's it's like the two thousand one Super Bowl logic. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> dropping guys into coverage. Okay, okay, okay but, but but Mike, well, Mike, let me pause you there. I mean, and, and I know the Ravens run more man than New England. Right, because because Ravens have a pretty good secondary, and like I said, Ravens run man. I, I get that, and I know Patriots play we're primarily zone. Huh? Ravens a man team, pretty much. I thought, well, but that game they were primarily zone, right? Or do it quick? Please correct me if I'm wrong. I think they were primarily oh, well, I mean, zone. Well, they're yeah, they're they're, they're generally they're generally a, um, a man team. Okay. I mean, they'll, they'll 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 mix it up in a sense that they'll have they'll have the safeties playing. Like against a team like the Chiefs or like what they did with the Rams, they'll have the safeties playing like zone middle um, instead of zone deep, right? So it's not like a, a cover two where there's like an umbrella. They'll just have those. They'll just have those safeties sitting in the middle of the field, kind of playing a, like a robber zone. But the the corners on the boundaries are man to man. Yeah, and then whoever they whatever front seven guys they drop in are, are tend to be kind of zone, just just yeah. playing certain zone area, you know. So kind of force the play to go longer. And yeah, Mahomes was just, especially in the red zone where everything's congested and they want to hit things deep and there is no deep to hit. It, it, I can see where things kind of got, you know, wires got crossed early on and, and they do take a lot of chances and Mahomes is reckless at times. Um, it just, it, 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 it's good more often than bad. So we just let him do it. But if you can, he's going to hand the ball over a couple of times a game. Just can you capitalize? And, and New England couldn't. And that's one thing I was shocked about. Yeah, New England's going to play back. I was just shocked that no run game was really established. But like I said, I mean, obviously the second half changed you know, completely from what we saw the first half. Um, but And the worst call I've ever seen in the history of sports, no. too, by the way. I think Mike, that was, was are, 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 Wait, wait. Are, are you talking about the one where Mahomes fumbled and they called it dead? They called it an incomplete pass that never yeah. even hit the fucking ground? Right. Right. The New England player picks it up. Like, Bill Belichick lost his shit. He, like, literally lost <laughs> his shit. Well, he lost his, he lost his shit to the point that he didn't even challenge that. Because... Right. Like, like no, no. they were saying, the announcers were saying it was a possibility that the call was so bad 
that he didn't even know what the call was. Like he he thought they were, he thought they were calling the defensive player down by contact, not an incomplete pass. Which it wasn't even incomplete. Like right, right. But I, I'm just saying, like like, it, like even if you're dumb enough to call it a pass, it's <laughs> it's an interception then. Well, it did Whatever. hit the ground, didn't it? I don't know. I don't think it did. I, I think it did hit the ground, and I think a, a Patriots defender picked it up and ran for a touchdown. And when the referee blew it dead, Bill thought, okay, obvious fumble. Why are they calling my guy down by contact? Well, they didn't call him down by contact. They called it a freaking incomplete pass. Next thing you know, he's bitching at the referee and the punt team's on. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was absolutely horrible. I'm I'm pretty sure that the ball never hit the ground, but I I could be wrong. I was wrong a week ago on that. So uh. <laughs> if it did, if it didn't hit the ground, even worse. <laughs> oh yeah. And um and then uh, the, I mean there was it was a big coaching gap cuz Hoyer thought that there was a timeout left and yeah. I'm going to always put that on the coaches where you know at the end of the half He's running around trying to make a play, thinking he had time, and he didn't. So yeah, he he but, pulls I mean, a he, he pulls a Weber. Like he didn't go to school, yeah. did he? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you just do it real quick. Was it valid for Hoyer to be pulled? And then once he was pulled, <laughs> which is just take on Stidham. I mean, after seeing Stidham, I mean, he didn't look very good. <laughs> I mean, but. But, but I mean, like I said, he, he, if if he's been inactive the entire season, I don't, you know, he, he's a second year guy that hasn't hasn't gotten meaningful reps in two months, more than likely. I don't I don't know what else he was supposed to do coming in as relief after halftime. Yeah, you're like go go save us against the world champs. Go, <laughs> right, go. right. Hey, hey, you, you you haven't thrown a ball in in eight weeks. You're 24 years old. Go beat the Chiefs. Oh yeah, by the way, we're down. It's not yeah. going to work. Yeah, well, it's not a fair time to gauge him at all. Okay, all right. No, I, it. <laughs> it was it was pretty ugly, but yeah, that's um, you know, that's that's giving him that's giving him a college level test when he's in fifth grade. Well, I started this podcast saying we're gonna have a quick week four recap, and it ended up being a thirty minute chat <laughs> on week four, but that's fine. That's fine. Good conversation. Uh, we'll move quickly to week five. Um, so here I'll just call some games real quick. Uh, we got actually tonight. Soon we got Tampa at Chicago. Um, that's gonna be an interesting game. Um, and then let's see here. Let's 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 start with Mike. See Buffalo. Buffalo will play Tennessee at Tennessee, which we just found out that game was moved to what Tuesday, Mike? Allegedly, it's at, according to Shafter, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh-huh. Okay. And then another and then, game. And then, another game that was moved, right? Day. New England to it. You're New England Patriots against Denver. Yep. On playing Monday apparently. at 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> Why? Like, like, does that help anything? Like moving it 22 hours? I mean, does that, does that help anything? I don't I know. Don't so, so Michael Hayward, uh, who, who is a, a frequent uh, person on this podcast, he um, lives in Denver, Colorado. He shared the news that Denver fans are pissed right now. I mean, think about it. It's not just a, their game being switched from a Sunday to a Monday. You're talking about 5 p.m. Eastern time. So what is that in mountain time zone? What is that? 3 p.m.? Yeah, <laughs> for, 3 o'clock. For 3 on a Monday during work? Yeah, so you're right, right. So, so you're going to have like record call in sick uh, in Denver on Monday. Well, they they probably also are, are mad that that puts Cam back in the lineup, which I have no sympathy for. I mean, I don't it, think, it, yeah, it, I don't know if it does. I mean, everything I'm reading, 
And I, I looked it up for the same reason. Like, why else would they move the game, uh, you know, unless it had something to do with Cam's availability? And then DraftKings put Cam um, as available in their lineups. I got like an alert that Cam is available for $6,500 on DraftKings as of today. So I'm like, there's got to be something to this. But everything I looked at online said it's incredibly unlikely that he's able to suit up this week. So I don't, I really don't know what to believe. Hmm. But even still, if you're hoping that to try to catch a team this year with their quarterback having a, a, a COVID, you know, a, a quarantine, that's kind of weak. I mean, just play, play teams at their best. I mean, if a guy's legit hurt, that's one thing. But let's let's not hope for trying to catch teams, you know. I know here in Buffalo, it's it's been a big thing where they definitely wanted to play tennis. Is You know, the idea that a forfeit was going to happen was not going over well. Well, they the game, really the game, yeah. Win. And we need this game Monday to happen because it could set a record for the two worst starting quarterbacks to ever face each other in pro football history. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Driscoll against Stidham Hoyer. Oh, Brett, even better, even better. Right? <laughs> Guys, we would, we would have never predicted this week one, which is insane when you look back um, now. Uh, Detroit and Green Bay both have a bye, just so you guys know. We have two teams on a week five bye, just to call that out. Um, any other interesting games? So Cincinnati plays Baltimore. That's not interesting at all, but – Hey, Joe Burrow, I think has been doing decently so far. Mike may disagree with that, but um, no, he's 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 fine. He's doing his thing. Um, there are, it's it's especially this year, just kind of survive and show that you're physically competent, and then we'll kind of work on the the soft skills or the or the the, the tangible skills next year. All right, as far well, as, I, you know, I have a question. Did, did Herbert out. did Herbert take a step in showing that he's physically capable? On Sunday, Herbert showed more poise than I'd ever seen him show. In right, right. I mean, this guy was getting, he was getting, he was getting smacked in the freaking mouth, and and, and he delivering. Was, he was extremely impressive, impressive, but at some, I I've seen this before with young quarterbacks showing early success and then getting smacked in the mouth. I was, I, I Herbert opened my eyes. I'm, I'm definitely interested. I, I had no expectations, but right. I'm at least he, looking going you know, forward. It's funny, uh, you know, we were, I was listening to uh, J.T. O'Sullivan's breakdown of it the other day, and he, he kind of, like, touched the same thing Curran did. He's like, you know, what he did Sunday is something I didn't see in college. And to be quite frank, something I thought I'd never see, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the poison ball. He, he looks like a year one Josh Allen, just kind of like, okay, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I have the, these tools. I'm just going to use them. But he had that grit, and I'd never seen that grit before. He always seemed kind of soft and, and sort of like a, a turtling sort of quarterback. And seeing that, uh, that you know, grit we, with we, we can't we can't predict impressive. the future, but it's a good base, uh, you know, that at least you know Chargers fans know that you know that they've seen it that he he is physically capable. He can stand in the pocket and take a lick and deliver a pet, you know a big downfield yeah. throw. It's it's it was, it was very it's there. Yeah, just stay away from the medical doctor, according to Tyler <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, but you know what, I guess I'm, I apologize. I kind of glossed over this when I was talking about the Ravens in Washington, uh, because really the main reason why I brought up that game was not so much to talk about my Ravens, but to talk about the news of Dwayne Haskins being benched. Now, this has been a storm, shit storm, to say the least, uh, within the Washington community that 
the pull was too soon on Haskins. Um, you had Ron Rivera, first year coach. Uh, Washington sitting at one and three, I think tied for second. Um, and when you look at Dwayne Haskins' stats, I guess compared to other great QBs in the past, their first or second year, like the Peyton Mannings or John Elway's, Haskins' stats pretty much line up. I know it sounds crazy, but this is what the Washington fan base has yeah, been kind of has been kind of just horrible quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Peyton Manning. Well, year, yeah. Well, here's the thing, and this is what Ali shared with the Washington community. Got a lot of friends that are fans of the Washington football team. I just see it, guys. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Rivera is the coach. He did not draft Haskins. He inherited Dwayne Haskins. Now, I'm not saying it's right for him to just bench him, but let me tell you what. If I'm going to be on a sinking ship, I at least want to go out with my guy and go figure. Guess who's starting next week against um, the Los Angeles Rams? Kyle Good Allen, <laughs> yep. Kyle Allen, who he coached last year. So, <laughs> I mean, yep. And uh, Kyle Allen, a former favorite of Mr. Corrins. <laughs> yeah, I remember I that. Mean, uh, favorite, <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's an intriguing like undrafted free agent. Like, yeah, let's bring him in. And he's he's been fine in that role. I wouldn't like say he's got to be the starter or pay him any amount of money whatsoever. You had a draft um, man crush. Just admit it. No, he, yeah, no, yeah. he called me on the chat one time. Crush, to yeah. One time I said something bad about Kyle Allen, and Mike jumped on me. He was like, I forgot about <laughs> Of course, of course. <laughs> sure I did. I, I'm all over it. But, like, and, and, with, and, with and I, think, thing, I, think, I think there's something personal here, too. Like, like, maybe Haskins really just isn't doing what he's being told to do, right? Because he didn't, he didn't just slide into the second spot. I mean, they, they put him as – they listed him in the depth chart as third, right? Well, there's there's also a thing like certain quarterbacks that serve better, and that's why I mean you can even go back to the the, the Hoyer Cam thing where like who which guy you know, serves better as the backup. Oh, I completely Hoyer. I completely agree with your point, but you could list Haskins as the number two and put Alex Smith in in the event of an injury, right? There's nothing against you know against the rules about that, and I've seen it happen. Um, okay. The fact that they're listing him specifically third on the depth chart, <laughs> it almost seems personal. That that's fair. Well, like I, I know one thing that's been kind of coming up, and I, I agree with it, is you know there there is the the racial component that that black quarterbacks get a shorter leash than than white quarterbacks. And now, while I'm for Haskins getting benched because having seen him, and again, I don't want to make the easy yeah, lazy comparison, but there's there's a lot of Josh Freeman in this, even from the the rumors you hear as far as the work ethic, and then just the. I'm going to drop back and fireballs as hard as I can wherever I want. And if they get caught, so be it. You know, that's a little rough. So but, maybe it's know, an Ohio State. Guys, but, but, but let me say this. No, but, but, but let me say this, though. Being black, that did not cross my mind for a second that, oh, he didn't get a fair shake because he's black. Because I see, like, Josh Rosen all over on this. I, I just say it to you guys, and I've shared this to you guys before. If you're at work. And your boss is gone. Someone gets brought in. And you know, normally when you have a new boss that's brought in, leadership wants new direction, right? So your new boss is going to be like, all right, who am I inheriting? Okay, who can I get rid of? Because that's the reality. I hate to say it, but it, I mean, I, I don't... Do I think Dwayne Haskins should probably still be starting? Yes. But I, I, I can kind of get that in this league where you have to win right away, Right, I mean, I, I yeah, some fans are telling me Rivera has three years. I said I don't, I don't, uh, I don't agree with that. I think he has this year and then next year to change things. And knowing Rivera, he's going to go out with his guys. Simple as that. 
I just think you, I mean, it's not just this case. You can go back. It, th- there's been several examples, but in the one that's kind of coming up here, again, another quarterback who was inherited is uh, Daniel Jones. Now, granted, I don't believe Jones has a backup that has a history with Joe. Nobody has history with Joe Judge. Joe Judge's parents don't have history with Joe Judge. But he could trade <laughs> for horror. He could trade for horror. I think I, I could allow that ha- to happen. Yeah, right. Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, but to be fair, Daniel Jones has like, also it, been looking it, decent, too. I mean, he, he, he has not been. It, has he? He's not good. He's he's just as bad, but it's, it's safe. He's just a safer bad. It, it, I mean, he's his, his, his career is not long for. I, I would be. He's not going to be the starter next year. I mean, it, okay, depending on who point, wins the Lawrence lottery, if it happens to be the Giants, he's gone. Um, but to but your yeah, point, it, but, but to it, your point, with Judge being a coach, yes, he can still go with someone else because he did not draft. Um, he did not draft uh, Dan Jones. But here's the difference, though. Let me tell you the difference between the Giants and Washington. The difference is the GM is still there for the Giants, who drafted Jones. That's fair. Not the case for Washington. And and, and Rivera has the guy he's familiar with behind Haskins. Yeah. That that's totally fair too. I'm just saying, like in this case, I get the Haskins benching. I do think that black quarterbacks tend to get the hook quicker. That's, and you know, we, I, I mean, we'd have to go case by case on that. It'll be a whole other podcast, but I, I just think I, I've seen it enough in my life that it would be, it's not absurd to think. Look, I want to call a spade a spade. Let me just call a spade a spade. I think it relates to not just football, basketball. I hate baseball is not a good example, but look, majority of people in this country are white. That's how I look at it, right? So when you're marketing, right, when you're selling something, don't you want to, like, sell something to the majority, right? Like, let's be honest, guys. As soon as there's a white American basketball player that's good, he's going to get all type of advertisement. And some, oh, yeah. And, and some look you at it as, like, draft every year. Exactly. But some look at it as a negative way. I was like, no, think about it. Who's buying the <laughs> – majority of people you see in a crowd, are, you know, are white. We're in a country that's majority white. It makes perfect sense. It's the same thing as, I don't know, some European soccer club promoting someone that's from the country, right? So that's just kind of how I see it. And and I think that when it comes to a quarterback on a football team, the quarterback's the face, right, of the team. And to be honest, these owners, uh, with all their business partners, right, the sponsorships, they, you know, sell to these sponsors. Hey, we can have, um, I'm just going to make something up, but I'm sure, like, uh, Robert Kraft and Tom Brady. I'm sure Kraft has had Brady in on so many freaking like corporate meetings just to say hello, just to smile, right? Right. And I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but when Cam was drafted by the Panthers, the owner, I forgot the owner's name of the Panthers, but he asked Cam, do you have any tattoos? <laughs> Cam said, no. He said, okay, keep it that way. <laughs> and, and here it is. And I know some people may take offense to that, but in reality, the quarterback's the face of the franchise. It's like they want the clean look. And I get it working well, I mean, for the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees exactly aren't allowed to have happened. facial hair. Yeah, New York Yankees. Yeah, exactly. So I get the corporate side of it. I'm not saying it's 100 percent right, but I get that if majority of your people, you know, or like let's say you know your customers are this particular demographic, I can't, <laughs> I can't knock you from at least wanting some type of relation to your audience. It, it is what it is. Right. Well, no, I, I, I understand that. I'm just saying that that kind of 
basically explains why this this quick. This yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not yeah. fair, but it is what it is. That's that, that's my thing. I mean, right. like, it is what it is. That's that's you know. <laughs> We could talk about this all day. We we really could talk about this all day. Oh yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole that. other. But but I will say this though, I do think that it's been getting better. I mean, I remember like 1996 being a Ravens fan, like the amount of QBs in the black QBs in the league compared to today. You know, it's totally different. Totally different. My thing was like Tony Banks, like maybe him and Randall Cunningham. But like, look at it now. You know, half the league, I would probably say. It seems like well, they're it. allowed to be now in college more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway. But yeah, we can talk about that for a whole. That could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's, that's, that's anyway. a summer podcast. All right, so I'm sorry. We kind of. Uh, so yeah, let me find a game real quick. So is there a, a game of the week? I'm just looking at some of these crappy matchups. But uh, I guess the Saints. I mean, Bill Titans is pretty good. Yeah, but um, but that's COVID written all over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's COVID. <laughs> um, what about? Indian Cleveland is sneaky intriguing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess. But Philip Rivers. Uh, um. <laughs> What about Los Angeles and New Orleans? That's an intriguing game. I mean, everything with New Orleans is intriguing because we don't really <laughs> know like which Drew Brees is going to show up, if he's going to go in the way, way back machine for a game or what. But, um, I mean, they're good. They're a quarterback away. Um, but Chargers, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see what, what Herbert can do now in, in prime time when, you know, there's there's maybe a couple games now that that the, a really good defense can key in. That's good. It's going to be tough for him though. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm intrigued by Philly and Pittsburgh because Philly just finally got their first win, and I think they're about to get smacked again. And things can get real ugly in Philadelphia real quick. Uh, I, the Carson Wentz thing, I, I I gave him more credit than maybe I should have last year because of how little he had around him. Just, just trying to make plays, but man, I, I'm not confident he has it. I'm not sure he ever did, and it's a problem. All right, but well, it, it, that's gonna be a big test for him. Well, guess what? I'm gonna call it an upset game for both of you. You're going to have the New York Football Jets with Joe Flacco starting at QB, set to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Book it. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my upset. I mean, I mean, Chandler Jones is already drooling, but hey, yeah, give, give, um, some, give some love to Joe Flacco. He's back. If I Joe, will not if, give love to Joe Flacco ever. If Joe Flacco Even comes though. out, if Joe Flacco comes out and wins that football game, Sam Donald's taking calls from the CFL. <laughs> I mean, that's not true, but. It's a bad luck for sure. Okay, but, but wait not, a minute. That's, I, that's, I, I wouldn't be worried about that. But wait a minute, that's interesting. Actually, how how long is Darnell out for? Do you know, Mike? I have no idea. Was he benched or is he hurt? No, I don't think he was. He wasn't benched, but it might be one of those like we, you're beat up. We just need to give you some time off thing. So okay, so to the point, it, it, it jumped up at me and with no details, so I, I don't know. But to Dewitt's point, if New York wins, will Darnold start the following week? I don't think so. No, he won't. He won't start. Okay. If they if they win, they'll start Flacco. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> hey, uh, Dan Marino, line two, he can come in for a game. Oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. I mean, <laughs> any calls you got to wit? You haven't really spoken out too much on week five matchups. Not a whole lot to see. 
I mean, honestly, like if you look at, at some of the better records, I mean, th- this this will shock some people out there. Um, Indianapolis plays Cleveland. They're both three and one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want to like look at like matchups of like some of the better records, Indianapolis playing Cleveland kind of like tops it out, right? Um, I, you know, Cleveland's like, you know, like a, probably a lot of people didn't know that three and one, they're like, you know, they just assume Cleveland loses every week, but that hasn't been the case. Um, <laughs> so, so, and then of course, you know, if Buffalo does indeed play Tennessee, um, obviously a battle of undefeated. So you've got to give that game, um, you know, first and foremost, all the attention of the week being the only game of, you know, remaining, uh, you know, two of the three remaining undefeated teams, I think, um, are playing each other. So um, Tennessee hasn't looked all that good, but I keep forgetting they won all their football they games. Do what they do. I keep forgetting they're undefeated. Tennessee does it, but they do it ugly. So. I keep forgetting they're undefeated. You said it. I'm like, oh, yeah, Tennessee I mean, is undefeated. Yeah, I mean, they've won all their games. <laughs> when you win all your games, you're you're doing something right, right? It's It's – it's ugly, and we've talked about that before. But like Mike said, they do their thing. And then you got the, the toilet bowl, Cowboys and Giants. It's like that that South Park episode where the, the kids are playing baseball, trying to lose, and uh, just so they don't have to get stuck playing baseball all summer. Uh, that's that's gonna be awful. Oh, God. Just Dallas, thinking about that. Dallas, think- Dallas, by the way, if Dallas doesn't win that game, all hell's gonna break loose. I just I just want to see. The Giants win that just for the, the the free show that ensues. I think I'd rather eat a Tide Pod than watch that game. <laughs> what about That's a Gronk thing, though? Well, yeah. <laughs> what about Carolina, Atlanta? No, I'm never. I'm not watching that game. <laughs> I, re- I don't care. I'm about just that not. <laughs> okay, what about? No way, I'm watching that game. Okay, what about tonight before we eventually wrap up? Tampa and Chicago. Any thoughts on that game? Is Nick? I'm I'm, I'm assuming uh, Big Dick Nick is starting, uh, right? Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. Yep. BDN is starting. It's gonna be probably a defensive matchup. I mean, maybe yep. Brady actually gets faces a pass rush this week. Last week, the Chargers didn't get anywhere near him for the most part. Um, but that, I mean, that Tampa defense is nasty too. Devin White is a grown ass man. So um, their front seven is good. That's gonna be- I also think it's going to be a low-scoring, tight game. You know, um, Tampa does have a defense. Chicago lacks an offense. Um, you know, Tampa's been throwing the ball all over the yard. Well, the Bears have the number one ranked pass defense. So, you know, a, a lot of things are clashing here. I think it's going to be like one of those like you – know, oh, and it's Thursday night, right? So just throw well, that I would say they've been throwing it all over the yard. It's more or less throwing it very high in the air. <laughs> and then kind of getting uh, under it, but yeah, whatever. Right, right, Bucket right. Throws. Bucket throws. They're going vertical. They're going everywhere. I mean, I'm, I think Scotty Mitchell's still waiting for that deep ball. But anyway, it is so. Uh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, it is it, so. Tell the corner that. Tell the corner that. You guys, want to, yeah. you guys want to talk about race, right? It's so bad how much he's compared to Julian Edelman. It's just sad. I think, uh, what oh, was yeah. it? Did you guys see they, that? You know, the funny thing is they play, they, they have an opposite game. Scotty Miller is like a pure yeah. nine route. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you guys go back in the chat, you'll see some Scotty Miller love. Well, he, well here it is. Last Free week, well, well, last week during the highlights, or what, you know, when they show like, a, like someone just scored from another game, uh, I forgot who it was, actually called Scotty Miller, Julian Edelman, then – Correct us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant Scotty. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think it was a CBS <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it happened. But Jesus. Um, okay. Yeah, 
Uh, let's see. I think. So yeah, the fact that it's Thursday night, you know, I, I'm I'm predicting one of those ugly 2017 type games. I like Tampa's yeah. front seven. I'm still questioning that secondary. I have a good friend who's a die diehard do it. I mean, diehard Tampa uh, Bay Bucks fan. Yeah, right? there is there is rumblings about that secondary that's yeah. been floating around town. Yeah, that secondary is question. And then the run game, they need to establish who's who's the point man. Is it gonna be Ronald Jones or what? Is Fournette gonna be bounce well, back or yeah. Shady? Fournette, Fournette's been hurt and Shady's out tonight. Um, it's it it, I mean ever, by default. Is Shady ever healthy? Shady's 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 no. <laughs> is he has he played two games straight at all in the last like three four years? But but on a, on a side note, I just I want to live. I just want to report that that uh, Aaron Andrews can still get it. But continue with the conversation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Let me mark explicit on the podcast when I uh, publish. Uh, yeah, later yeah, later. yeah, you still get it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anything else, guys? We're kind of at that time now. Anything else you guys want to add? Final final thoughts at all. It's it's we're heading into Columbus Day weekend. This is one things just kind of like you you have your your jump out of the out of the blocks, and then now we actually kind of start the season and see where things go. So, like I said, hopefully the injuries subside now that the players are used to getting hurt or hit, I should say, and um, things kind of normalize, and, and maybe they can not COVID. Do it. Yeah. Um... The offenses should start catching up to the defenses uh, soon, so I think we're going to see better football at least uh, like, for as long. As sound, like a, sound like a three TD game for Flacco to me. <laughs> <laughs> Has he been there? One game. <laughs> huh? Right, and then you know, and then and then you know, you got you got guys that you know offenses that have already caught caught up to the defenses like Tampa. You don't need continuity when you got twenty years in the league. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll see that. We'll see that happen in tonight. But um, I just think we'll see better football, just better football when, you know, when these offenses start to catch up to the defenses. Okay. I agree. Should be some good football. And I apologize again for publishing this late to everyone. We'll definitely publish next week's podcast uh, much sooner. But yeah, follow the podcast. Um, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play. Also, we're on Instagram, Deep Dive Report. Twitter, Facebook, and the wit we can find you. I think it's Alt Football, right? Yeah, Alt Football three six five. Alt Football three six five, and then here comes Mike with his Mickey something. Mickey, go ahead. Mike. Uh, at underscore Mickey Dicky. Mickey Dicky. <laughs> Wasn't that like a buck, like like Mickey Dicky Tabby or something? I don't know. Oh god. That's Ricky Dicky Tabby. Goddamn it! But all right, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, like is, is Mike out there killing? Me? You know, mind you, it's on Twitter. Who knows? knows? (laughs) But all right. All right, guys. It's been fun. Catch you next week. All right. Take it easy, Ryan.